the book of Joshua, and uh, specifically chapter 10, and then we'll be looking at a few verses there, and 11 as well, and, uh, and 12. We have, it's been a while since we've been in Joshua. And uh, so we understand at this point in the book, Joshua and the children of Israel have covered a good bit of ground, uh, specifically the central campaign uh, where they have seen much victory, uh, a few defeats uh, that we studied uh, specifically there at Ai and uh, also being deceived by the Gibeonites. We understand that, that those were some uh, faults that they made, some errors that they made. But God, who is faithfully merciful, he is faithful. He restored them. Yes, there are consequences. And uh, I love what someone said about the fact of uh, when we make sinful decisions. God doesn't necessarily remove the consequences of our choices, but he does certainly remove the condemnation. Isn't that good? I didn't come up with that, but I really liked it because it's true. He removes the condemnation when we come to him and restores us and forgives us and renews us. And we may have to work through some of those Consequences? Absolutely. But guess what? He gives grace to do that too. Uh, how many here has made a mess? Okay, we all have. Amen. And uh, the Lord gives us grace to, to clean those up as we seek Him and walk with Him. But that's, that's what we see in Joshua. We see that Joshua is taking the people as a leader uh, through the land. That God has called them to. It's a picture of the, of the, of the victorious Christian life. You could divide up to Joshua into two main sections. You could divide it up, the first cha uh, section, chapters 1 through 12, as the conquest. That is them preparing uh, to go into the land and then going into the land and conquering the land. Remember, the, the central campaign was first, then they're going to cut south. We'll look at a, bit of, a little bit of that tonight. And uh, then they go north, and, and they complete it. And, and we'll look how God leads them through that and helps uh, them like he always does. The first one is conquest, but then you take chapter 13 through 22, the second half of the book, and that is more concentrated on the settlement in the victorious Christian land. Now, let me make sure we're all clear on this. Even with them settling and most of the wars being over, most of the main wars being over, there were still battles to fight. And no matter how settled you become in your Christian life, wherever God leads you, there's always going to be a battle around the corner. Amen? And we could just say there's a battle every day with this flesh of ours, uh, this, this, uh, this world of ours, and, uh, and the enemy himself. But nevertheless, we're not going to get into 13 tonight. Um, and uh, really not going to look a at a lot of, of chapter 12. But, but just go back with me to chapter 10. We've preached through this in our, in our last uh, message here, and we saw how the miracle of, of, of where the sun stood still, uh, one, of, one of the 
one of the most amazing miracles uh, that we see there in the Bible, along with the, the parting of the Red Sea. It's just amazing how God uh, did that and has the power over nature. Miracles. We talked about the significance of miracles. And uh, and, 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 and chapter 10 is going to take us uh, through completing the central the central campaign, if you will. And then 11, uh, the second part of 10 and through 11 takes takes us going down to the southern, the southern campaign. And so uh, they're, they're going to they goes through and list each of them. We're not going to go through that, but he would go through, for instance, if we if we uh, uh, start there and verse number twenty six. It says, after they had smote the kings there that were trapped in the cave, it says, afterward, Joshua smote them and slew them and hanged them on five trees. There they were hanging upon the trees until the evening. And then they're going to eventually bury them in the cave where he had temporarily put them while he chased after their armies. And then from that point on, verse 27 to the end of the chapter is talking about all the kings and the cities that they conquer in the southern campaign. So they fought against them. God fought for them. And, and they were victorious. Alright. So he's very strategic in this. We, we see that. The Christian life is to be strategic, by the way. Uh, we do make plans. Uh, we do uh, uh, have to be disciplined. You know, Paul talks about how he actually uh, gave the illustration of an Olympian athlete. That has to bring his body under subjection, lest he himself be a castaway. So Paul was teaching that, look, the Christian life it needs to be planned, needs to be strategic, uh, and, 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 and have a focus on the Lord and the power of the Spirit, as we talked about this morning, producing that power to go uh, forward. And uh, we... Uh, you know, we understand the Proverbs that, that, that give us wisdom on that, on the balance, because a man's heart deviseth his ways, plans his ways, but it is the Lord that does what? Directs his steps, his path. God does that, but we have a part in that happening. And, um, and we'll, we'll maybe reference that. Again, here in just a moment. But nevertheless, that takes us to the end of chapter 10. Notice what it says in verse 43. And Joshua returned and all Israel with him unto the camp of Gilgal. So that was him completing the southern campaign. And, and let us be reminded that Gilgal is that headquarters. All right. I don't have the map here uh, ready. I was that was my bad. But again, that was the that's, that's in the center. That is right, just within miles, a few miles of Jericho. So you remember Jericho going around the walls. Gilgal is just very close in proximity. That was their headquarters, if you will, and um, and it's a reminder. That's where they went and found victory after Jericho. And we understand that that's where they also when they crossed the river. When they crossed the Jordan River, that's where they would put the mound of rocks as a memorial of the victory. And, uh, you know, it was a reminder of God's power working in their lives. 
And I'm reminded, you know, you think about where do we, where's our headquarters? Our headquarters is the Lord God himself. That's where the victory is. That's when we march forward. We march forward from victory that the Lord has given us. Now, notice chapter 11. It moves forward, okay? They're going to name all of these different kings in the north. Verse 2 says, And to the kings that were on the north of the mountains. And so you take uh, chapter 11, and he will name and give details of those different kings and those different cities that were completely destroyed. Now, I want you to notice with me a very significant verse in the book of Joshua, and that is verse 15. Especially in the light of Joshua uh, completing the conquest part of the mission. Notice what it says, Joshua chapter 11, verse 15. As the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Now, that's a good testimony, isn't it, church? Left nothing undone. Uh, I hope that we, as God's people, will strive to, that when we leave this earth, that we won't leave things undone. That we'll do all that we know to do for Christ and all that we have the power to do and all that God expects us to do while we have breath. Now, you say, is the task going to be completed in certain contexts? Well, of course, and God will have somebody to step into those places and continue. We understand that element. But what I'm talking about, Joshua did everything that God expected him to do. He went in. He wasn't perfect in it. But the, 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 the Lord gives him uh, a commendation here. Uh, he left nothing undone. May the Lord help us to be that way daily. And, and that, is, that is a testimony that I see. Now, as we continue here, notice um, at the end of verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 11. It says in verse 23. So Joshua, this is after the northern campaign. So Joshua took the whole land. According to all that the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel, according to their divisions by their tribes. And notice it says, and the land rested from war. Now, the main wars are, are done, but not the battles. We understand the battles continue. You remember Caleb. We're going to study that. Uh, Caleb wasn't scared of the giants, was he? He wasn't scared of them the first time, and he wasn't scared of them the second time. He said, give me that mountain. Let the giants come. We're going. I want that mountain. I can't wait to get to that. That's going to be just a blessing to be able to be encouraged by that. But that was, that was his testimony as, as Joshua was dividing out the land. But thank God, the children of Israel have been successful and doing what God called them to do. And tonight, I just want to leave us with that thought. Let's do what God's called us to do. Let's do it with all our might. Let's don't hold back. Let's don't leave anything undone that we were supposed to do. 
There were some things that there's some things in your life that God is not intending you to do that you might even think you might say, hey, well, God's called me to do this. But God may not call you to finish that. I mean, let's look at David, for example. Remember David? David, what did he want to do? He wanted to build the temple, didn't he? He wanted that. He, he started making preparations for that. But God says, no, I'm not going to I'm going to have your son do that. He's going to take it to the next level. And that, that's God works in his economy. He does that. But what we do want to do is what God has planned for us to accomplish. And walking with him daily would be the only way we know that and accomplish that. The battles that are ahead. The spiritual warfare. We were uh, talk, talking this morning. We're going through Ecclesiastes in the higher ground class. And, and Brother Caleb was teaching uh, this morning. And we were just reminded of uh, the blessing of work. God has given us uh, things to do, uh, to labor, and to see the, the results of labor, and to enjoy that labor. But we also studied how work, a lot of times, just simply stinks. And the reason that is, is because of the curse of sin. You know, we, we realize Adam worked before the curse. He was a steward of the of the, of the trees and 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 the vegetation there. He he worked in the gardens and it was it was he was working then. But it wasn't until after the curse until where he said sorrow. God says sorrow is coming. Sweat is coming to the brow. There's going to be thorns and thistles, briars. There's going to be pain in your work. And we realize that in this world. But one of the things I also realize that's in the physical realm but in the spiritual realm, the victorious Christian life doesn't come without some knock-down drag-outs spiritually with the enemy. Do y'all agree to that? Amen. Oh, the battle gets real. It gets thick. But I'm glad that God always wins. He never fails. He's faithful. And he proved that to Joshua. They went down through the central campaign, and the only time they lost is when they got in the flesh. The only time they lost is when they didn't pray and seek God's face. They got deceived. But other than that, they, they blazed a trail down the central part of Israel. They went south, and then they went north, and God blessed them. And they covered all the ground that, that the Lord wanted them to. And He gave them that, and it says the land rested. Now, chapter 12, chapter 12 is a review. It's that central part of, of the book of Joshua. And he basically goes through and gives a quick review. It's interesting, if you notice in verse 9... He names all the kings, okay? So he's the king of Jericho. They start with the first ones there. Uh, and, and, uh, and Jericho, and it says one. <laughs> the king of Ai, which is b beside Bethel, one. And he's going to go through all of them and say one. It's almost like one commentator said. He mentions the kings and says, check. That king and city, check. And every check represent, represented God's faithfulness. We got through that city. We got through that battle. It was hard. It was tough. But we saw God work. And notice what it says in verse 24. It says, the king of Terza won. And then all the kings 
30 and 1. So he goes through and he mentions all the kings, that there was 31 kings in total there uh, that they would defeat and overcome with God's hand of power. Let me just share uh, uh, several things with you here tonight about leadership. Uh, James Boyce in his commentary on Joshua mentioned these characteristics on leadership, which I think are very good that we can learn from the life of Joshua. Number one, if you're taking notes, we need to see how Joshua did not let short-term gains deter him from long-range objectives. In other words, there are several ways that that is applied. He didn't settle just for one victory. He was on to the next. In other words, just because we got a spiritual battle today, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't mean we get one tomorrow. It's not buy one, get two free. It's not get one, get two free. But spiritual battles are obtained by us waking up every day with a fresh new surrender to the will of God. And allowing God to fight through us. But he, he, when he made a battle, when he won a battle, he was determined to be yielded to move on to the next. And neither did he get distracted. One area you'll remember when the five kings, he called all the five kings together, as we've had in chapter 10. You recall that? He had them all. Now, he could have put all his focus on those kings. But what did he do with them? He put them in a cave. He said, we'll get back to them. He closed up the cave and what he did, he went after the armies. He, he, he didn't let short term, uh, these, these, uh, the, the, the idea of short term gain deter him or distract him from the long range objectives for the, 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 the most important that God told him to go through. And so they, he prioritized, if you will. And that's important for God's people in order to be good leaders. We have to have priority in our life. Like setting some goals, even for the year. That's why I think this New Year's resolutions, I think they're biblical. People are critical of that. Oh, if you, the only time you're going to do that is at the beginning of the year. Listen, you ignore those type of people, okay? Anytime you set a goal for yourself, whether it's January or July, it's a good thing. You know? And, and, and what are we doing? We're setting priorities in our life and seeking to do that. But not only a year, but what about, what about each day? What about each week? I wonder how helpful it would be for us to go home on like a, a Sunday night um, or at, at some point on Saturday or some point even on like sometime early Monday. And if we maybe set some goals for the week. Maybe set out some priorities that we've got to get this done. I know the Lord's speaking to me about that. I need to improve that. And get some priorities in order of things that must get done. Where God, we know, has given us clear direction. Where God is getting And listen, we always need to give room for the Holy Spirit to lead. Now, people like me love to say that. Because that's, and that's what we say. Well, the Lord led me a different way this week. <laughs> I didn't get that done. The Lord, well, actually, uh, I need to be careful about that. Because, uh, because we don't want to lose sight of the main goals. Number two, Joshua understood the need others have for visible encouragement. You know, when, they, when he came back to those kings, do you remember what happened? 
Do you remember what Joshua did and as a strategy, as a, as a way to give visible encouragement? Uh, you remember what he did. You can, you can see it back there in, in uh, chapter 10, verse 24. He says, as he, uh, in verse 23, they, he got the kings together. And all his leaders there, his captains, in verse 24, he's going to teach them something about uh, God's power to overcome the enemy. And it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua. This is verse 24 of chapter 10. And Joshua called for all the men of Israel. It's all these leaders, these men that have been fighting and going forward faithfully. And he said unto the captains of the men of war, which went with him, come near Put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. That was a visible form of encouragement. He gave them a message, and that, that, that what kings did that for is when they put their feet, their feet upon the neck of the enemy, that was a symbol of subjection. That they, they were subject, subjecting, uh, uh, they, they were uh, to be under the rule. And, and we understand that God was showing them that He was the one that was ruling. He was the king. He was the God of glory. And Joshua was saying, don't get discouraged. God's going to keep doing this. And that's the message for you tonight. As you see God work in your life, and I see God work in my life. Listen, as we see visible, God gives us visible fruit. We see somebody make some decisions. We see even decisions in our own life. We see people moved by God's Spirit. We see these things. Listen, let's be uh, reminded. God's always going to do that. Because he's faithful. And so uh, something we understand in leadership is that we need to take time to give visible encouragement to others. Uh, Do things that are uh, even uh, tangible. Things that you know will be a help to somebody. It might be a word. It might be a text. It might be a visit. It might just be time with them. Whatever the case may be, be an encourager. Talk about the goodness of God. Talk about what the Lord has done. Be reminded as a leader. We need to be reminded of what God is doing. Thirdly, Joshua took no shortcuts, but pursued the campaign in logical step-by-step progression. You ever heard the quote, there are no shortcuts to success? And one of the things that we understand about anything accomplished for God, anything uh, that he sets out for us, we've got to understand there are no shortcuts. There's no formulas. It's a daily surrender, but it's a determination that we are going to follow the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've tried to take some shortcuts in my life, and they were not effective. Especially even in driving. I've tried to take some shortcuts and that was a bad idea. Some of you have experienced that. Some of you tried to uh, take shortcuts in, um, in getting things done around the house. And you ended up spending a lot more time doing it. 
it just it's just a part of it. We learn our lessons in real life, don't we? Well, when it comes to the spiritual life, we just need to understand that these things take time as leaders. That's why we need patience. You know, uh, when it comes to even towards each other, the Bible commands us be patient with who? Be patient with all men. Wait a minute. Now, does all mean all? As leaders, God has called us to be patient with all men. Mom, be patient. Dad, be patient. Kids, be patient. I don't know about you, but some of the most effective leaders that I have been around had just have been people with a disposition of patience. I want that. I need more of that. But but Joshua pursued. He wasn't he wasn't about just forcing anything in his in his own way. He just followed the leading of God and he allowed the Lord to work. Then fourthly. Joshua did not allow his early errors to unsettle or defeat him. As we taught this morning, just because you're down does not mean you're out. And I've always believed that your your past should not define you. It should develop you. Your past should not be an anchor. It should be a rudder. An anchor will hold you down and keep you from moving forward. But as any of you that know navigation and ships, a rudder helps steer. And my past is not an anchor. It's a rudder. It's what I've learned from. God has used me to teach some things about myself and about life. And you know what? God's going to use it in the future. So it's a part of a rudder that God gives us. It's very important in leadership because if you don't believe that, you're going to be anchored down all the time. Because of your failure or someone else's failure. Because someone's decision or your decision. And folks, we can't let that happen. Joshua was able to move forward because he did not let his early errors unsettle or defeat him. Fifthly tonight, remember Joshua believed God implicitly. He simply believed the Lord. He trusted God. You know, there's a difference between believing in God and believing God. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. But do they believe God? So you can have this intellectual understanding of of God. But my friends, when you start experiencing God in your everyday walk... That's when you are believing God. And as God's people and as as leaders, you can't just be somebody that, oh, yeah, I believe in God. But I believe we got to be people who say, oh, I believe God. I believe he is who he says he is. I believe he's going to do what he says he's going to do. I believe he's faithful. I believe God. And I believe Joshua, as he was leading those children of Israel, he was a great leader. Because something I think he always conveyed is, I'm believing God. God said he was going to give us the victory. Let's do it. Let's go. 
And God blessed him. But not only that, lastly, number six, Joshua obeyed completely. Joshua obeyed completely. Uh, in child rearing, we will sometimes make the comment that uh, partial obedience is what? Disobedience. And we, we understand that. We tell children that. But the, hey, that truth applies to adults as well. It, adult, it applies to us because God wants us to put forth fully what He's called us to do. We don't want to obey God in sections. We don't want to just obey the Lord when it's convenient. We truly do want to do everything He's called us to do. And we read the verse together. But it does say that He left nothing undone. Of what God commanded them to do. You see we're going to see in the coming chapters. Chapters 13 through 22. We're going to see. How God will settle his people. We'll learn some great lessons even through that. We'll see how the Lord blesses them. And the charge that Joshua leaves them in those last few chapters. Precious book and precious truth. That we learn that if God be for us, who can be against us? And I'm reminded this evening, a Romans 8.37, that says we, as God's people, are more than conquerors through Him, through Jesus Christ, that loved us. Now, that more than conquerors, it's, it's basically saying we're super conquerors. We're super conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And may we learn even some lessons from Joshua tonight as we think upon as he has brought them this far. The war has ended. The battle will, battles will continue. And I want to tell you tonight as I close out the message, be encouraged, friend. The main war is over. It was won at Calvary. It was. It was won in that old cold tomb on the third day when Jesus arose from the dead. That's where the war was completely won. Now these skirmishes that we face daily and the battles we face are the devil trying to tell us that we're not really winners. But I'm going to tell you tonight, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank God for victory. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the word of God tonight. And thank you for being so gracious and good to us. And God, thank you for being with us. Lord, never leaving us nor forsaking us. And I just pray Lord, as we bow our hearts and heads now, and, and Lord, I just pray you'd help us to have some time to meditate.